Part two of session 55. Let's get into pyramids, initiation, and healing. Let's initiate. In the last video, we talked about the communication between negative entities of third density and what I call fourth density. They could be fifth density too, but since they talked about the Orion group, I believe this is more fourth density, which is the communication that happens between the master and the apprentice basically here on earth. So session actually took a turn into pyramids which i thought it was a great way to divide the two parts of the session and now we're going to get more into pyramids we haven't talked about pyramids i believe since session 14 or something like that so it's time to revisit that this is not going to be the last time actually session 56 is concerned with pyramids as well and there is some scattered information about pyramids if i remember correctly there's nothing more dedicated that i remember there might be but um let's just get into pyramids as the last question was uh don asking that's the last question we cover which was a good bridge and don was asking about the he said that um, the, this might have been the reason why he went into pyramids because he went from talking about the negative entities to the uh, something that Ross said in the past. Or maybe there were notes. Seems like there were notes where Don was saying that Ra had mentioned something about the transfer of energy of all times need to be experienced and master uh, for... For us to clear our blue and indigo radiations but ra said we haven't covered that material or appropriate material for that so we cannot talk about it please ask another time so in any case that was question eight now question nine which is the new question that we have for this video is don saying okay i'm sort of hunting around here for an entry into some information I may not be looking in a productive area. But you had stated that we, this is Ra, had been aided by shapes such as the pyramid, so that we could aid your people with a shape such as the pyramid. These shapes have been mentioned many, many times, and then, and you have also stated, this is Don talking or, uh, already, and you have also stated that the shapes themselves aren't of too much consequence. I see a relationship between these shapes and the energies that have been studying, that we have been studying with respect to the body. And I would like to ask a few questions on the pyramid to see if I might get an entry into some of this understanding. And so Don finally asks, you stated, you will find, this is Ra saying again, he's quoting Ra, you will find the intersection of the triangle which is at the first level on each of the four sides forms a pyramid, uh, I correct myself, a diamond in a plane which is horizontal. Can you tell me what you meant by the word intersection? All right, so here's some crazy geometry about the pyramid. Ross says, your mathematics and arithmetic have a paucity of configurative descriptions which we might use. Without intending to be obscure, we might note that the purpose of the shapes is to work with time-space portions of the mind-body-spirit complex. Therefore, the intersection is both space-time and time-space oriented, as thus is expressed in three-dimensional geometry by two intersections which, when projected in both time-space and space-time, form one point. So. To be honest, this is beyond my um, visualization and um, what, what this actually means. And so there is, um, there is a specific, I think, um, there is a specific post in the bringforth.org that is actually referenced in session four where I think they talked about this, 
and the intersection. And there's some beautiful schematics that somebody did in terms of how the geometry of the pyramid, when you divide the triangles into, I believe it's three or four, and then you project it inwards, it creates this beautiful diamond. So I'm going to leave that, um, what do you call it? That, um, that link in the description so you can take a look at that uh, if you're interested. I don't think there's much to talk about here other than what Ra said that the intersection is a point that crosses both space-time and time-space as it relates to the geometry of the pyramid in how it moves the energy because the point of all geometry is to sort of uh, funnel the energy to my understanding at least or in my speculation the geometry is a sort of pattern that exists in reality for energy to move in specific ways and this is why we find geometry in all of our fundamental particles and in our um, in our galaxies the arrangement of all the galaxies in the observable universe has geometry the DNA has geometry um, the um, uh, the behavior of the protons in the nucleus of an atom has geometry, specific geometry. And we're not talking about some uh, like uh, cymatics, for example, which is a um, random geometry about frequencies. That That's also geometry. We're talking about the, uh, the platonic solids, which are the most, the perfect, geometry that exists in the whole universe. So we cannot create or we cannot imagine something more perfect than uh, the, the platonic solids. And these are in the nucleus of our atoms. They are in the behavior of many things, subatomical particles and so on. So geometry is intended to funnel energy in a specific way as to create these patterns that eventually become organic. When you look at fractals, you see the same thing. You see geometry arranged in very chaotic way, yet it is a pattern. And that is, that's a mathematical thing. It's not even organic. We do find it, you know, in nature. It's beautiful how math, uh, mathematics work. But at any point, that's, um, that's me and my rant about patterns, geometry, energy. And why is this relevant? Because we're talking about the pyramid. The pyramid is actually a tetrahedron. And uh, when projected, some people do this too. When projected into time space, it forms an octahedron because every tetrahedron has its opposite created too. So it's, uh, it's fascinating stuff, but it, it really is beyond my understanding. I just remember bits and pieces that I have heard and it makes sense because we are geometry too. When we're talking about distortion, then there is a distortion in our inherent geometry, if you will. So the pyramid as a function of initiation and healing has the ability to rearrange that in us. And that I think this is what we'll find out in the next questions as we get into how all this works how it re reforms the uh, the energy centers for initiation and for healing. So again, uh, just to go back to the slide, I think this is the best we can get out of this that Ross says, and even they say, you know, not to be obscure, but you know, this is something that uh, happens in time, space and space time, that intersection and um, the purpose of the shapes is to work with time-space portions of the mind-body-spirit complex. That is with our mind. That is with the spirit itself. That is in time-space. So, that's it. Projected one point. That's all we got there. That was question nine. Now we can go into question ten. Where Don says, I have calculated this point to be one-sixth of the height of the triangle that forms the side of the pyramid is this correct that would be one sixth of the height um 
Ron says, your calculations are substantially correct and we are pleased at your perspicacity. Perspicacity is, oh my God, I know it in Spanish. Perspicacity is like being intelligent, clever, uh, very keen uh, with uh, observation and action, that kind of thing. So Don says in question 11, this would indicate to me that in the Great Pyramid at Giza, the Queen's Chamber, as it is called, would be the chamber for initiation. Is this correct? Ross says, again, you penetrate the outer teaching. The Queen's Chamber would not be appropriate or useful for healing work, as that work involves the use of energy in a more synergic configuration rather than the configuration of the center being. So here's where we see the use of energy in a specific way for initiation. Now, I am not really sure what initiation entails. I don't think anybody can explain what initiation is, but I usually relate it with what people call awakening, having a sort of awakening. And I can give you my example of what I would think is, was my initiation. The word initiation means to start, to begin, to initiate. What is this, this initiation? It's the seeking of the one creator, whether consciously or subconsciously. This is what happens. An initiation is a trigger, something that starts, that starts you up. And so initiation can be an experience, can be, um, well, it has to be an experience, everything is an experience, but it could be a situation, it could be an event, it could be uh, a dream, it could be uh, work or conversation or reading a book or just an experience in which the information given suscitates this, uh, this seeking of the one creator, which again, you know, it's not God in the Jehovah sense is just that yearning that we have. The seeking of the one creator is the knowing of the self. Demystifying the seeking of God is simply to say seeking of the self. You are that divine essence, yet you and all of us pretend not to be. <laughs> we play this game that we're something else, that we are this separate self that somehow it became a human and it's now struggling to survive and so on. So that's initiation is whatever experience that you have that triggers this seeking of the one creator. That is you. So there needs to be a sort of configuration. I don't know how this works. I don't, I mean, metaphysically, I have no idea. And I don't think even Ra knows. I, I think they know what can possibly uh, stimulate this in people as a sort of mechanism, and that's what the pyramid was for. Yet they do say, or they did say, that this wasn't appropriate. The giving of the pyramids was a naive effort to help humans as they were helped by these shapes in the past. And so in the pyramids is not a mechanism that would cause proper initiation or I mean I in my bias would say proper initiation but it's um, it's it, you can get distorted or deviated from the seeking of the one creator in unity which is what happened in Egypt and I have my uh, speculations here but I won't get into them yet the point is that initiation is that initiation is what causes um, that seeking and so that's different from healing, which is in the king's chamber. I don't know if they said that, that here. The king's chamber would not be appropriate or useful for healing. Maybe it was Don who asked. I lost track already. No, he said that the queen's chamber would be chamber for initiation. So yeah, um, the queen's chamber would not be appropriate for the healing. See, I'm mixing terms here. The healing is done in the king's chamber. And um, yeah, so to untangle this, the queen's chamber would not be appropriate or useful for healing, which is what the work was done in the king's chamber. 
as that work, the work of the King's Chamber, involves the use of energy in a more synergic configuration rather than the configuration of the center being. Um, I'm going to speculate here with the words that they use when they say uh, first. There's two words. Synergic configuration, that would be for healing. That makes sense. And center configuration for the center being would be for initiation. Makes sense that a center being, if you're uncentered, let's use it with uh, the separate self, the ego self. The separate self is not a center being, it's uncentered. So initiation would be a shock for the perception of the separate self to go back into the, the true self. That would be initiation. Energy configuration that causes the center being to snap back to it, if you will. So that's initiation. Whereas healing is a synergic configuration for energy, um, energy redirection of the energy centers rather or through the energy centers you see so um we see the two the two parts of the pyramid it's funny that the whole pyramid and i did a very crude sketch in the back but the pyramid is you can see that it's designed you know for the huge pyramid just for a queen's chamber a grand gallery king's chamber the shafts that's it so you know, that, that was the purpose of at least the Great Pyramid at Giza. So, in any case, let's go into question 12, where we go deeper into this. Don says, then would the healing work be done in the King's Chamber? Ra says, this is correct. We may note that such terminology is not our own. They're referring to King, Queen, and all of that. They did not name this. Uh, let me make a pause, show you my face once again. <laughs> um, we we get the king's, you know, probably a good point to clarify the um, the people who ask um, a really good question, you know, when they refer to Ra and say, well, why would they build a pyramid? Why would they do such things? Why would they create hierarchies and so on? This was not Ra. They've said it themselves, or at least that, that's what they claim. Maybe they came here and they created the whole thing. Who knows? Um, that's up to your discernment. <laughs> I tend to believe, you know, their their line of um, rhetoric here. And yeah, that wasn't their intention. You can see that king and queen are terms used for or by humans, which is always the hierarchy of the special one, the elites. The ones who have the privilege. And so I don't even think this might have been a term that was used back then when the pyramid was being used, even though it was corrupted, as we know, back in those days. But it may be, you know, what we think. I mean, we think right now, at least in mainstream uh, information, uh, mainstream history, mainstream science, we believe that the king chamber was for burying um, a king, whoever that king is, I don't even know, and the queen for the same reason. So these were places of work. These were not places of, uh, it wasn't a tomb. And controversy on the side, I believe a lot of you have at least seen some of the controversy behind, you know, how were the pyramids built? Why do we find this? What was its purpose? How long did it take? And all of this. That's not my purpose here. But to point out that we do create those terminologies based on the elites and what we create as a society and so on. Um, but that wasn't Ross terminology. That was a place of work. And as we can see and find out, that was the actual reason for it just to initiate and heal people into uh, becoming law of one seekers, basically. So it's a good point just to emphasize it. All right, question 13, Don has a wordy question. He says, yes, I understand that. 
it is just that it is just a common naming of the two chambers of the Great Pyramid. He's excusing himself for using the terms. I don't know whether this line of questioning is going to take me to a better understanding of the energies, but until I have explored these concepts, there is nothing much that I can do but ask a few questions. There is a chamber below the bottom level of the pyramid, down below ground, that appears to be roughly in line with the king's chamber. What is that chamber? Ra says, we may say that there is information to be gained from this line of querying. The chamber you request to be informed about is a resonating chamber, the bottom of such a structure, in order to cause the appropriate distortions of healing catalysts shall be open. So, I believe this is the chamber that is um, at the bottom, like right at the bottom, even I think it's actually a line with the king's chamber, yeah. It's also with the queen's chamber, if I see it correctly. But um, that alignment is from the resonating chamber, which is the bottom, which I've actually uh, seen some research that was done with, uh, there was water, there was water flowing there before. And there's, there's some fascinating study that I don't remember, you know, how the water worked to create a sort of more uh, vibratory resonance that would, in essence, the way they were doing the research to show how energy was flowing through it. And they speculated that this, that the pyramids were a sort of a nexus for using energy, energy of the earth for illumination and electricity in general. They have found a lot of electrical uh, wiring and other stuff. It's just fascinating stuff. What and when I'm talking about researchers, I'm not talking about mainstream researchers because unfortunately Egypt has, the government of Egypt has always kept this, you know, more and more as the years go by, um, more out of limits for any researcher, independent researcher. They have to go through the whole process of being approved by the government and so on. So that means that for some reason they, they're still kind of hesitant to allow free research to be done in the pyramids. Um, but in any case, that's not my, my, um, that's not my, uh, mm, what do I want to say? It's not my topic today <laughs> or ever. I don't think I, I care to go into those. Why, why can't we do research on pyramids and all of that? I know it some people, for some people is, it's very enraging that we can find, you know, the mysteries, but Hey, the more mysterious something is the more we can get into the unknown and we don't have to, you see, if you break the mystery of things, then it becomes dull. So the more mysterious it is, the more exciting it is. So, hey, let it keep, um, let them keep their mystery. So in any case, this is the structure that is at the bottom, I believe. That's why they say the chamber you request to be informed is a resonating chamber. And that's the one that it, I think it was at, water level um i forgot what's that called in english but is no i may be speculating so i'm not gonna say too much um so yeah that is that is for um uh, as ross says in order to cause the appropriate distortions for healing catalysts and that is in line with the king's chamber which is where the healing was done um resonation or resonance rather uh, this resonance would cause that energy, that configuration of energy for healing, as I said in the uh, previous couple of questions. So that was its purpose. It was like a chamber for resonance. And we know that that resonance works for, for healing. All right, question 14, Don says, the book Life Force in the Great Pyramid, they have related the Ankh shape with a resonance in the pyramid. Is this a correct analysis? Ra says, we have scanned your mind and find the phrase working with crayons. <laughs> this would be applicable. There is only one significance to these shapes such as the crux and sata. That is the placing in coded form of mathematical relationships. Oh my God. 
Here's where mystery comes once again. Here I have it. Kruksansata, the Ankh. Um, <laughs> first, I love that Ross says, well, in your lexicon, we find this phrase, working with crayons, which is, you know, just doing childish stuff with the information. <laughs> this is applicable for this as it relates to the resonance that the Ankh does. I mean, it's not wrong. The, um, I forgot. Oh, I should have done research before starting to record this, but I think there was, um, let me look it up because now I'm, I'm kind of upset. And was this in the form, I know Tesla's resonance device. That was, that was something. See, the first result that I get uh, is Nikola's Tesla vibrational healing device. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the shape of an Ankh. Well, this one is not. But I know Tesla had something that was uh, in the shape of an Ankh and of a Crux Ansata. Yeah, there it is. See? Necklace. Uh, Nikola's Tesla's vibrational healing device was in the shape of a. Um, I'm going to leave a, a picture here so you can see it. It, it is in the shape of an ankh, so there is a resonance and there is something. There's even... I'm going to leave this picture here just so I can remember and put it here. Uh, but yeah, there is so much we can talk about this and I don't have the knowledge, honestly, because this all becomes obscure in terms of, you know, what was it for? How could they use it? What was the benefit and so on? And I really don't have any knowledge about it. I just think it's fascinating that we find these relationships between uh, these dots that get connected, you know, with uh, ancient sim symbols and the work that was being done that we now know, and it's not just a tomb, it was work being done for initiation and so on. So here we can go on all kinds of tangents and that's not my purpose. I'm just pointing out for your pleasure, for your uh, discernment and for your entertainment most of everything uh i can't inform you much here but i just think it's fascinating i i think we should you know if you feel cold just keep looking make parallels whatever it is you know if this really rocks your boats go on but in any case rise saying that there is only one significance to these shapes such as the crux and sata which is the ankh that is the placing encoded form of mathematical relationship. Now, I'm going to share something. And this is something that came to me as I look naively at the crooks on Sata, at this little thing. I, I like when Ra says that anybody can study the Tarot and make up, you know, their own mind as to what they represent, you know, all the symbols there. And to me, I did the same thing with this. And you see, what I see is the creation here. I see the whole creation. The, um, uh, the bottom stick, let's call it the bottom stick, to me represents the um, infinity, you know, oneness. It's just one, one stick, right? The two, let's call them arms to the side, they represent polarity, duality. And through polarity is that the, uh, the oneness, the unity of everything, which is the bottom stick. I hate that I'm calling it bottom stick and not some refined word. <laughs> but you see this little uh, circle or kind of ellip ellipse, elliptical, ellipses. This represents the creation, which is cyclical in nature. And to me, that's how I see the Ankh and how I appreciate it. You know, it, it talks about unity, it talks about duality, and it talks about the creation itself, which is cyclical. And it begins and ends in the Creator. It begins and ends in mystery. What is mystery? Is um, It's unity. Unity is a mystery. You can't really talk about unity. I mean, you, you can talk about it, but you can't describe it. Um, so that's how I see it. Now Ra 
puts it even more complex and says that there are some uh, mathematical relationships and it's plays in coded form. So, you know what? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm happy with my interpretation of the Crux Ansata. Unity, duality, creation, and that's all that's that's all we have you know yeah i'm missing this the the octave there but the octave is actually represented at the top here with the whole creation so maybe uh maybe somebody can color it with the whole you know spectrum of colors anyhow 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 let's go to question 15 where don says even more outside of the scope of my <laughs> understanding is the 76 degree 18 minute angle at the apex of the pyramid a critical angle ra says for the healing work intended this angle is appropriate so i'm not sure i mean i barely know 76 degree and 18 minutes which is a form of measuring apex and um geometry i don't know that that, that that's it that's where i stop Question 16, Don says, why does the king's chamber have the various small chambers above it? Ra says, this will be the last full query of this working. We must address this query more generally in order to explicate your specific question. The positioning of the entity to be healed is such that the life energies, if you will, are in a position to be briefly interrupted or intersected by light. This light then may by the catalyst of the healer with the crystal, manipulate the oral forces, as you may call the various energy centers, in such a way that if the entity to be healed wills it so, corrections may take place. Then the entity is reprotected by its own, now less distorted, energy field and is able to go its way. Okay, so let's untangle this before we get to the last portion that Ross says. Actually, no. You know what? Let me read it since it's very short. Ra finishes this up and says, The process by which this is done involves bringing the entity to be healed to an equilibrium. This involves temperature, barometric pressure, and the electrical charge atmosphere. The first two requirements are controlled by the system of chimneys. So I think this was actually the, um, the question that Don had. And Ra actually gave us um, more more uh, more information so Don wants to know about the various small chambers above the king's chamber and you can see in my sketch if you can see anything at all uh, I'll leave um, a link here in the description so you can also check uh, a picture if you want to for um, for the pyramid itself and those little things on top of the king's chamber so Ross says first which I think is the most important thing. And this is where uh, I'll concentrate a little bit more. Okay, so we must address this query more generally in order to explicate your specific question. Right, that's why they have to go into the details. The positioning of the entity to be healed, this is in the king's chamber. So the entity will lie in the sarcophagus and Funny enough, there is no lid to the sarcophagus. So whoever found it and said this is a tomb, if it's a proper sarcophagus, then there should be a lid and there is no lid. So it's a place for people to lay down. So you lay down there and the position of the entity to be healed is such that the life energies are in a position to be briefly, briefly interrupted. So the life energies of the entity, the way it channels its own energy. It's briefly interrupted or intersected by light. What is this light? It's pure light, funneled, concentrated by the shape of the pyramid in such a form that it causes the desired effect, which is healing in this case. Ra says, this light then may, by the catalyst of the healer with the crystal, so you need a healer there, manipulate the oral forces, as you may call the various energy centers, these are uh, the oral forces that create the entity, right? And the healer is going to use the crystal to manipulate this. How they do it or they did it, I don't know. But they do it in such a way 
that if the entity to be healed wills it so, again, the entity needs to want to, it's its own will, corrections may take place. Then the entity is reprotected by its own now less distorted energy field and is able to go its way. Okay, so basically, um, the distorted entity comes into the pyramid or at least into the healing chamber. I think we should call it that initiation chamber and healing chamber, not queen and king. But again, healing chamber goes in, lies down, and brings up their own. I'm going to make a parallel with psychedelics here or ceremonies, not psychedelics in general. Uh, uh, an actual ceremony where you have uh, a shaman or at least a group or at least a shaman better yet a group of shamans facilitators whatever you want to call them and um but first this entity comes with its distorted beingness okay uh it's seeking the one creator it has been initiated already in the initiation chamber at the bottom and it comes there and says i want to be healed I want to reconfigure my energy centers. And so it brings its energy centers all messed up, so to speak. Now, the entity will feel the light and the healer will sort of um, redirect it towards the proper configurations. I think there's a lot missing here in terms of how this went. And this is where I'm going to speculate with the ceremony. Uh, psychedelic ceremony in a bit so hang tight so the light will come will be reconfigured through the energy centers and offered to the entity to be uh, accepted as a new configuration and so Ra's giving a very brief explanation here when they say um, corrections may take place that's the word or the phrase that they use when they say that the light is 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 given or it's 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 being shone upon the entity, and then the healer with the crystal will sort of try to help reconfigure this. Now the healer is not changing anything; it's offering the possibility of change. It's offering, uh, it's insinuating the possibility of reforming this energy, and if the entity wills it then corrections may take place. But that's only if the entity wills it. So lastly, they say the process by which this is done involves bringing the entity to be healed to an equilibrium. See, so you have to bring the entity to a balanced state. Okay. This involves temperature, barometric pressure, and the electrical charge atmosphere. So there needs to be an equilibrium, not only in the entity's mind, but physically, with the temperature, the barometric pressure, which is atmospheric pressure, right? I believe. And the electrical charge atmosphere, which is was all done in, well, we talked about electrical charge atmosphere. It's funny that I mentioned that because I've seen uh, a couple of documentaries talking about the uh, production of electricity through obelisks and the pyramids in Egypt, which, at this point, it definitely makes sense. I mean, there is energy. It's energy flowing, physical energy that is being funneled. And this energy can be used uh, for sure. You know, electricity is um, it's one form of energy. So why not? It doesn't seem far-fetched. I don't think they use it, you know, to power TVs and so on. <laughs> they use it for, for other means. Maybe just to bring light. Just like Tesla tried to do 100 years ago. And... Um, like Ross said, you know, Tesla's purpose was to bring light to the darkness, literally, not in a metaphysical sense, but just to bring light. And the people who worked um, in in the day and had to sleep at night because there was no electricity or no light, then you know now they can seek the the love one. It also frees us from uh, energy. I mean, our whole planet, our planet's crisis, is energy. Money is energy. If you haven't done that equation yet, you can figure it out pretty easy. Every single problem that we have can be traced down to energy. You need food. Food is energy. Uh, you need to 
move around, I mean, now in a, in a vehicle or something, well, that's energy. You need power for your house to have, you know, a shelter, that's energy. You need money for anything. Money is energy. What's that energy? Is the effort of people. The energy that people spend at work, let's just use the example of work. Um, and that work is, is energy that people are selling their time and their, their selves, their, their life is being spent at work. That is energy being invested. And so money is energy. That's why you hear, you know, in manifestation, if you see money is energy and so on, you can attract it and whatnot. I believe that, you know, you have to give energy to receive energy. You know, it's an energy exchange. It's, it's as simple as that. It's not like money is more precious than food or electricity or the internet. It's simple energy. And so, you know, we live in a paradigm in which if we can offer infinite energy to our society, we can get rid of all the problems that we have. Go into, if you want to go to that layer, which I think is way deeper, but if you go into the layer of um, oil, petroleum, I mean, that's the biggest, you know, thing, right? It, it powers the whole world. We live on fossil fuels. The electricity that we enjoy, most of it, the vast majority is produced by fossil fuels. So we're burning uh, fossil fuels for electricity, which is primitive at this point. However, there are corporations and big industries that would collapse if we didn't feed, you know, the petroleum um, uh, machinery and that's bad for our economy. So we're living on the on the fact that we we sort of appreciate money more than anything, and that is a false understanding. We're giving money uh, too much of a uh, of an importance where it should be equal to anything else. And so, when you can also see the negative entities here on planet Earth, the accumulation of wealth is um, a sort of uh, negative enterprise because you're accumulating energy from from people. If you see that all the money, I mean, I'm not saying don't have money and feel bad about having money, but I'm talking about the, the elite who has all the money in the world. What do they call it? The 1% that has, I believe, 50 or 60% of the whole wealth of the world. I mean, you're talking about uh, extracting all of this from people and not to, even use it for yourself just to have it there for power to you know as a sort of you know um just like they say it you know and forgive my language but it's just dick waving you know who who has it bigger and that's all it is so in any case i don't even know why i went to this just by reading the um the electrical charged atmosphere and i got to uh phallus references <laughs> but yeah so uh i'm not surprised that egypt ancient egypt had electricity what they use it for just for illumination at least um but then again they became an elite and all of that so i don't know i don't know let's go to question 17 before i give my final analysis and Don says, does this healing work by affecting the energy centers in such a way that they are unblocked so as to perfect the seven bodies that they generate and therefore bring the entity being healed into proper balance? Don, the scientist Don. <laughs> Ra says, this entity tires. We must answer in brief and state simply that the distorted configuration of the energy centers is intended to be temporarily interrupted. And the opportunity is then presented to be to the one to be healed to grasp the baton to take the balance route and to walk thence with the distortions towards this ease of mind body and spirit greatly lessened i'll finish it up the catalytic effect of the charged atmosphere and the crystal directed by the healer must be taken into consideration as integral portions of this process for the bringing back of the entity to a configuration of conscious awareness 
would not be accomplished after the reorganization possibilities are offered without the healer's presence and directed will. Okay, so this is how healing uh, is, is done. Unfortunately, Carla was tired already and Ra has said in the previous question that that was going to be the full, uh, full, the, fin the final full query uh, of the session. And Donna wanted to know a little bit more about the healing. Worry not, we still have more pyramids in the next session. Uh, but as regards to this question or what Ra says, Ra says that, um, you see, Don asked in a very scientific way, you know, like, okay, so this is going to open up the energy centers for the person to be, boom, you know, finally say, ah, uh, I'm enlightened. And I have something to say here, which I'll carry over to the conclusions as well. But uh, it's not that simple. You know, it's not like you get into the pyramid or used to get into the pyramid and it would open up your energy centers. Let's see what Don actually asked. This <laughs> um, healing work. It worked by affecting the energy centers in a way that they were unblocked. Boom. You know, see like a mechanism as to perfect the seven bodies. Boom, 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 boom. All the seven bodies. Perfection that they generate and therefore bring the entity being healed into proper balance. Uh, Don always had a beginning of his questions in a very mechanical way. Uh, and Ra, if you if you pay attention to how Ra sometimes softens a little bit, because Don wasn't wrong in the question and in his visualization, it's just that there is a subtlety, an individualization of energies that just simply renders the mechanical view of things um, worthless. And this is where science tends to have a big struggle with metaphysics because you can't put it into terms. You can't put it into boxes. It is, it's almost like and um, behavioral uh, psychology is also baffled by this because they want to put people into boxes. And it doesn't work that way. You cannot put yourself into a box. You haven't been able to belong to a box in your whole life. So how can you possibly think that you can belong to boxes? This is reductionist scientists that want to do this. So let me not rant about that. Uh, I'm not picking on Don at all. You know, I have a mechanical view as well. This is why I love the law of one because it sort of creates that bridge between us mechanical thinkers and you know the beauty of um, a variety of multiplicity of infinity actually which is a concept that scientists again they struggle with you know and they say no 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 we have to find the limits of this universe because there have to be a limit we cannot you know think that it's infinite it seems infinite but we cannot see it so <laughs> you can see the limitations of the uh, of the scientific mind I said I was gonna rant I wasn't gonna rant but I did anyways and so I'm gonna finish this <laughs> but you can see the limitation of human thinking when you base your reality on a um, on boxes on limited views you see how absurd that sounds i'll repeat it because i know i just briefly brush it at, you know over but scientists say we cannot say that we live in an infinite universe because we cannot see it how can you possibly see infinity with a limited mind you cannot so you will never be able to prove infinity and so that doesn't mean that we cannot fathom infinity we can we can not fathom but it's a wrong word but we cannot um, um, conceive infinity in, in, infinity is it's a, it's a natural thing yes infinity is, is possible like my brother told me when I was probably nine years old he told me if you want to grasp infinity, imagine that any number that you can uh, picture in your mind, you can add one and there will be no top number. What's the highest number you can imagine? Always add one and you will grasp the concept of infinity. You know, so 
In any case, I'm sorry about the rants. <laughs> so, I enjoy them. I have to say, I have to admit, I'm honest. I enjoy it. So, uh, it doesn't work that way. There is an interruption of your configuration, your distorted configuration of the energy centers. And those energy centers are, it's, oh, I'm going to make the, I just want to finish this so I can get into the analogy, which is actually a parallel, a very beautiful parallel. Um, but yeah, you come in with your energy centers all distorted, right? And so there's going to be a snap into your energy centers to say, no, you're not a separate self. You know, you go into this shock and say, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> oh, everything's breaking down, you know? And so the opportunity is then presented to the one to be healed, to grasp the baton, to take the balance route or route, and to walk thence with the distortion towards the cease mind. But it's just, okay, very poetic. Uh, what this means is simply, okay, you get your energy centers all, you know, shattered and shaken and now it's like okay if you are not that then who are you and now you question it and you are now able to walk with the distortions towards this ease this ease with a hyphen there of mind body and spirit greatly lessened so the catalytic effect of the charged atmosphere and the crystal directed to the by the healer must be taken into consideration as integral portions of this process for the bringing back of the entity to a configuration of conscious awareness, meaning that after the shock, the healer and the crystal, I'm not sure how the crystal works here, but as a means, as a tool for redirecting this, I don't even want to speculate. But what is done is that the healer is helping the one being healed to see itself as a newly formed entity, energy centers realigned. And so, um, yeah, without this, a new configuration would not be accomplished after the reorganization possibilities are offered without the healer's presence and directed will. So here's the analogies for this to make sense. If you've had a plant medicine ceremony, psychedelic ceremony, it's not only taking psychedelics, although that can be possible, I'm not saying it's not possible, but to uh, reenact what Ra is saying here in the pyramid with a healer, the crystal, the one to be healed, the energy centers distorted and everything else. I'm going to summon my experience and knowledge in plant medicine ceremony. What happens in plant medicine ceremony? If done properly, in communication with a shaman, a shaman will tell you, all right, come in with your intentions. Your intentions are to be healed, usually, even if you don't know it, because you say, well, my intention is to get rid of all my anxiety and my problems. Well, that's healing. Well, my intention is to find a better job and to do this. Well, that's healing too. You're finding yourself. No matter what you do, you're finding yourself and that's healing. Um, and so you go into the ceremony. Now, one of the things that they say here in this session was that there is a breaking of the shell. Okay. I think they said it in question 15 or so. I forget. But there is the breaking of the shell. The violet ray shell gets um, sort of open, tear open. This, coincidentally, is what shamans say, at least in my lands in South America, Central America as well, but... Uh, the indigenous tribes that deal with this ceremony and they're very wise on this type of work. This is, and to me it was very, um, very esoteric, the use of like mapacha smoke, which is something that they blow on you to, they say, we're going to seal your aura against negative entities. Well, it seems like this the energy of this mapacha smoke plus the intention of the healer creates a barrier around you to prevent negative entities unless you want to bring them in uh to come and distort you even more because when you take psychedelics you're opening yourself up this also happens with cannabis as well um i remember i think it was teal swan if you know who Teal Swan is, um, she's um, she's really good in 
in uh, spiritual topics, I, I, I didn't follow her that much, but I remember her saying something about how cannabis does this too. It opens your aura. And what happens after you open your aura? Well, that depends on your intentions, your environment, um, yourself, everything. But this is what's being done. Now, what is the healer doing? I'm talking about the shaman here. Well, first of all, you come in with your distorted energy centers. You believe you are this mess. And throughout the ceremony, the shaman would be next to you, trying to be of help for whatever comes up. And you're going to come up and say, I'm looking at myself when I was 10 years old and I had this trauma and this, this and that. You're still identifying with that. And the shaman skillfully would bring you back into alignment and say, you're not that, you know, you're this beautiful being, look at yourself this way and so on. Some of them even, don't even talk. They just chant and they do this, uh, this beautiful chanting, this vibration, which can be seen, perceived as a sort of, I mean, it's just beautiful. And so, you know, this is the work of a healer. It's not to, you know, they're not offering anything to you. They're making you see yourself. Um, I don't know how the crystal healing works. That's something that's, that's beyond my understanding, but I see a parallel here. You see, there is a parallel between the shaman, the healer, and the one being healed, and the configuration of your energy centers once again. Now, it is up to you once the ceremony is done to go your own way and say, I was healed. Most people feel like their reality has changed. The way they see the world is changed. Um, and I won't go into more details as to you know, what can happen after a plant medicine ceremony. I'm not advocating it. I'm not discouraging it. I'm simply mentioning it because I have been a patient myself of this. Um, I have seen the works of healers and I have seen my own work there, my own visualizations and things that happen. So I seem to find a relationship with the pyramids. And another thing is that um, I want to also mention this at the end that I don't think the pyramids were a place where you can become enlightened. Just like a plant medicine ceremony is not for you to become enlightened. To me, enlightened just means that you realize that we're one with the universe. Okay, You take the positive path. That's to me enlightenment. Once you see that, the question is, how do you live it? Certainly, in the pyramid or in a plant, med uh, plant medicine ceremony, you can get enlightened. You can be enlightened. But the question is, what will you do with that enlightenment? Will you follow that enlightenment? How much of that enlightenment will permeate your reality? And I think this is where things go astray, not to use the word wrong, but astray from the path of enlightenment. Enlightenment can happen to everyone. It has happened to a lot of us. The question is, are you continuing the path of enlightenment? Now, why am I saying this? Because in the pyramids, this didn't happen. The path of enlightenment wasn't followed. The path of elite and separation was followed instead. So I'm bringing this up to say that enlightenment is of the entity. It's not about uh, rituals or healing ceremonies or whatever it may be the case. It's not about that. It's about the entity's will to follow their own uh, path of enlightenment. And so I wanted to mention that too. I think I had something else to say, but it's time for official conclusions. There's a couple of things we can take out of this. One, you have had some sort of awakening. I don't believe you would be watching this video if you didn't go through an awakening. Now, don't be fooled to think that awakening is a mystical experience that happens in meditation suddenly to you or that um, you know you have to go do plant medicine or psychedelics for that matter could be or that you have to go to a retreat 
for 40 days, fast for 40 days. No, it could happen gradually. It doesn't have to be sudden. It could be a gradual awakening. And I think most people are having this gradual awakening. Some of them are having a shocking awakening, which was my case. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's very intense. However, just like the pyramid, it's how you follow your own path. The path of enlightenment is not one to be a, you know, a Buddha sitting under a Bodhi tree awaiting disciples and so on. No, the path of enlightenment is you. What is your life? You know, how do you share this unity? How do you share this energy with others? You know, um, are you following the negative path? That's fine. Are you following the positive path? But the question is, are you really following it? Or are you delaying things? Are you simply uh, uh, just postponing it? Well, that's up to you to find out. But the reality is that you have had some sort of awakening slash initiation. Now we are in the process of healing. You see, we graduated from the Queen's Chamber of Initiation, which unfortunately, or fortunately, doesn't matter. Unfortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you want to see it, the majority of uh, Earth people haven't gone through initiation. So you're privileged to have gone through the first stage of the pyramid, initiation. Now, in the process of healing, realigning your energy centers, so to speak, is the process of healing, which is, as Ra said, did they say it in the past slide? If not, I'll just paraphrase. No, there it is. Walk with the distortions towards this ease of mind, body, and spirit greatly lessen. Well, you're doing that. Anything that you do, and let me give you the key for this. I don't think anybody would disagree. Anybody. Could be in any religion, spiritual belief, shamanism, whatever. Belief systems of all kinds. That the path for you to heal is self-knowledge. It is the knowledge of the self, who you are. Accepting. Or like Ross said, the disciplines of the personality. Know yourself, accept yourself, become the creator. This is happening at all times. If you do not know yourself, which is common, you know, we find a behavior that we say, oh my God, why do I do this? Well, you're unknowing yourself. <laughs> know yourself. You do that. Fine. Accept yourself. That's it. It seems... It seems uh, silly, but we sometimes say, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can accept myself this way. Well, accept yourself. Those two things will lead you to become the creator. What is the creator? Self-aware beingness. It's as simple as that. It's not that you're going to aggrandize yourself in the whole universe. <laughs> I mean, that may be so. You may be feeling like that, and that's okay. But it's simply self-awareness just self-realization who you are um so that's all i got i mean that's all i can get out of this i love pyramids because ra mentioned at some point that we don't need the pyramids the structure itself anymore what we need or what we have is what we need and so if we have it it's already within us we can do all of this stuff initiation healing becoming the creator following the law of one as they intended thousands of years ago we're here we're knowing we're accepting we're becoming the creator with that i come to the end of this video the end of session 55 like i said session 56 is going to have more about pyramids if you're excited about this stuff i haven't read it yet so i don't know what expects us other than the pyramids um but we'll find out i think it's very short so i might be able to struck it down with just one video hopefully but until then, thank you so much for being part of this. I want to thank all the people that support me with comments, with uh, likes, with sharing, and with your donations. I've been shocked with the people who have donated. It's just fascinating to me. It's a, it's, I'm going to confess this really quick before uh, I finish. It really is a sort of validation of you know what I do, that there is value in what I do. Not that I needed to do it. I started this channel <laughs> with uh, 
I mean, no, no intention, but just to put all the stuff out for the future. Somebody else might benefit with it. It's amazing that there's people in this journey with me as I continue to do this. Like I said, I've been doing this because I just love it. I'm fascinated. And you know what? Receive this just brings me validation that I can continue to do this. And guess what? You know, I I can keep doing it the way I do it. I don't put ads. If any of you get ads in my channel, that's Google. I'm sorry. You shouldn't be uh, getting ads. Uh, I know recently they changed the terms of service in terms of ads and that they can arbitrarily put, but I think, leave me a comment, please, if you get ads, or even if you don't get ads, let me know, because I don't know. I can't really test this. I've tried to test it, um, and I don't get ads, but I know some people have reported, and I think once on my phone I got ads on one of my videos, which is kind of silly. But again, I keep this channel free of ads. Why? Because I dislike them. I don't like them when I go watch videos. It doesn't mean that the people have ads are wrong or anything. I just don't like them. And for your experience, I try to keep it that way. Um, I know you can generate some money, but to me, that that's not worth it. And that's why I open donations. And I'm really grateful for you people who have donated. If you want to donate, links in the description. You don't have to. All you have to do is like, subscribe if you haven't, share it, and love. Just love everything. I'll see you in session 56.